And we're back. This is Model Behavior, and I am Michael G. Gable. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. Uh, I'm a tired boy. <laughs> I've had a hell of a week, but I am a happy boy. Definitely recovered from my little depressive episode last week. And it's refreshing to realize that that particular couple days of being down, I got uh, a little monkey <laughs> calling at the door. But, um, that couple days was not as sticky as it's been in the past. Um, it didn't overwhelm me and make me question every situation in my life and make me want to bail on everything. It, it just sort of felt like an annoyance. And I always I always go back to that scene in Home Alone where Kevin McAllister goes down in the basement where the furnace that he's been terrified of is. And finally he just says, shut up. And it shuts up. And it's not that easy with depression and down periods, but I do like the idea that I'm getting closer to that sort of willpower over my own brain, which is a weird, a weird meta thing to think about. And I also think that the podcast last week with Joe Carden was really helpful for me, just kind of checking back in with myself and my creative mission and what I'm doing on this weird planet and got a lot of really nice feedback from people about how that podcast made them question their own decisions and their own trajectories. And I, I don't have the answers. I just have my story and the stories I'm able to coax out of my guests who are so generous with their time. And this week, my guest is Kelsey Kanoki. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right. I've, she's one of those people who I've always um, known off social media, even though I've worked with her several times. And she's just Kelsey. She's blonde Kelsey in the modeling community. But her Instagram is Obi-Wan Kanoki. So I'm guessing... Anyway, um, Kelsey's amazing. She is a real inspiration in terms of melding athlete and model. And we talk a lot about the difference between being an athlete and being a model and where one stops and the other begins because as fitness models, that's our job. And we also get into a lot of other subjects. We talk about the environment. We talk about jams and jellies. We talk about van life. Um, we talk about what her goals are as she rides out her modeling career and where she's headed next. And I really enjoyed it. So I hope you do too. Here you go. Kelsey Kenoki. Who should we interview? Jag? Jag, what were you up to when you were seven years old? I'm only six. <laughs> Let me get there. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Michael. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me to your lovely beachfront home in San Clemente. Thanks for coming. It's so cool that you were on your way back up home. Yeah, I was in a sh doing a shoot in San Diego, and I've always wondered why on your Instagram story is you're always in these like beautiful locations on the beach. <laughs> I'm like, does she drive there every morning? But no, you just walk out your front door. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. I got really lucky with this place. I don't know if we're getting into backstories yet, sure. but I first came out to California for a job in tech. I was selling yeah. semiconductors, like little chips okay. to engineers. <laughs> My territory was San Diego and Orange yeah. County. So I literally picked a spot in the middle of the map and that was San Clemente. Never been here before and I've totally immersed myself in this Your territory place. was San Diego and LA? 
Yeah. So San you, Diego and Orange County. Okay. So you just picked in between. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like more and more I'm just driving up and down the corridor of like San Diego to LA. Like I went down last night for this half day shoot today and then I'm cruising back mm-hmm. and then driving all over LA and then I'm going up north for fly fishing trip this weekend. Ooh. I'm excited to get away and get in some nature. Fun. That's not for Where work. are you going? Like the Kern River. Oh. Yeah. It's supposed to be best fishing in a decade. Why? I don't know. I'm not a big fisherman, <laughs> but that's what my friends told me in the email chain. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah. So that's going to be great. But I don't want to get too much into your microchip backstory before yeah. we start with the official question, which is, what were you up to when you were seven years old? Seven years old. I was in Kansas City, Missouri. Whoop, whoop. And like any Midwest kid playing a bunch of sports, going to church, making sure I cleaned my plate before I left the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my parents used to set a timer. It was like, finish these yes. lima beans before this timer Ex- goes off. <laughs> lima beans. <laughs> yeah. Torture. Oh, so gross. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. We couldn't get our dessert unless we finished Clean plate our club. plates. Clean plate club. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So how, I mean, I'm from St. Louis, which... Is also in Missouri, but there might be a little Kansas City St. Louis rivalry. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah. I've always felt like St. Louis people think they're better than us. I think they <laughs> and do. And that we're country. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I went to a Cardinals game once, which is your baseball team, yeah. and I wore flip flops, and they thought I was uncivilized for wearing flip flops. And they're like, uh, "Is no, that what you wear on the farm, Kansas City girl?" <laughs> Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was awful. a random uh, St. Louis fan. No, we totally started talking trash on me. That is bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, we connected over our Midwestern roots because I was like you playing sports and going to Catholic school and running mm-hmm. around in the woods. Um, so I'm curious how a good Midwestern girl <laughs> got from there to here selling microchips and then modeling <laughs> because that's a trajectory that's maybe as weird as mine. Yeah, I planned it out. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it all down. Oh, I kind of just fell into this. I ended up going to college to play volleyball. Yeah. And I also pursued getting an engineering degree. But also on the side, it's kind of weird how I fell into it, but I took some pictures once and submitted it to an agency and then it kind of happened like that. I didn't get a whole lot of work. In college? Right when I was done playing college volleyball. Yeah. So I think I was like 21. Okay. Might have been the first time I took some photos. Was that out here or back home? Back in Kansas City. Oh, really? Yeah. So I met this awesome photographer that kind of did my first test shoot. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I paid him. And um, he connected me with his brother who did a lot of sports photography. Because yeah. this guy was like, you're kind of buff. <laughs> you're taller than me. <laughs> you're, so. you're taller than me. You're... <laughs> frightening uh you should try this sport modeling thing with my brother and so I took some photos with uh his name's Ryan Nicholson and I've we've kind of connected and taken tons of photos together but yeah I submitted some photos out to SLU yeah when I was still living in Kansas City and they they signed me but I didn't get any work at all you're Kansas City local exactly it's such a strange thing and there's yeah work in Kansas City but it's a bit different there's people who can pull off like our friend Allie Cortinal lives in Minnesota most of the yeah. year because her husband's a football player. But she has a big portfolio of work, so she can get direct booked and they'll fly her to wherever. Whereas if you're a new model with just a few sports like photos of you and then your college volleyball photos, I'm sure. Yeah. Like you're not gonna be flying around the country 
working no constantly. not at all building your book is so important yeah so you didn't have an agency in kansas city only put him back. okay we're gonna put the dog away because he's <laughs> jaguar he's protecting yeah Jaguar's having tummy issues because <laughs> Kelsey now has to feed him home-cooked meals <laughs> and meal prep for him. <laughs> he probably eats better than I do, or you do. His, this is really embarrassing. <laughs> His diet is rice, turkey, eggs, and then some other stuff I read online that you're supposed to put in dog food. Pumpkin's good for it. Yeah, well, yeah there's Green pumpkin beans. in there. Yeah, I've, I've gone anyway. down this road. When yeah. my dog is sick, we give her like plain white rice. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah. But so you didn't have an agency in Kansas City, just just LA. I did. Okay. Yeah, I had a local agency in Kansas City and then yeah. also one in LA. Because you know, a lot of people wonder about how to get into the modeling world and they're not in LA. You know, they're in a smaller market or a, a tiny market. Like I I remember I tried to get an agent in St. Louis in college and it was one of those like pay for play things where they charge you to do your headshots and they and it was they took some money from me and then never got back to me. And then my sister did something similar and they didn't even want her. So she got super bummed out. But jokes (laughs) on them because she just got scouted in her cafeteria in Miami at her college. How cool is that? Yeah. awesome. I had a phone call with her yesterday. I was like, well, Steph, like you're already a better model than me because (laughs) Wilhelmina wants nothing to do with me. I know. How cool is it? Who gets scouted these days? That's amazing. I know. In per, I was like, did they DM her? My dad, of course my dad like sent me a screen grab of the Wilhelmina page. He's like, they just (laughs) scouted Steph. Who are they? And I was like, uh, they're big boys. Protective dad and brother. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, Yeah. I thought they like slid into her DMs, but they grabbed her in the cafeteria line which is that's so cool cool. and it's one of those things where like agencies in the midwest like you have to be a little careful about you know whether they're the real deal or they're just looking for money because there are you know agencies like emily valdez who did the podcast before had an agency in minneapolis who then set her up with wilhelmina once she sort of outgrew that market and now she's killing it so it's doable but just be careful if you're trying to get into that world in a small market. I yeah, think. that's really good advice. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> so how was how was the transition? You came out here with an engineering job, and then yes, how did that fall to the wayside and become <laughs> the, the past? <laughs> and now modeling is the present. Uh, I was still with SLU, and they were amazing, and they would send me stuff here and there. But I was also working full time, so I couldn't yeah. go to all the castings. Right. I couldn't do everything, but. I also had somewhat of a flexible job because I was in a sales account management. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go up for castings every now and then. And I don't know if I caught a break or what happened, but I started working a little bit more with sports companies and yeah. built my book up a little bit. And mm-hmm. it was starting to get to the point where I was taking more vacation time than I had with yeah. my job and was turning down modeling stuff to do a job I wasn't really super passionate about at the time. Yeah. So... I left, which was so frightening. It's scary. I mean, there's that tipping point where you don't just take off in modeling generally. You have to kind of slowly build and you wait Mm -hmm. for checks because checks take a month or two to show up, maybe longer. So you're always kind of like behind the eight ball. And there's that point where it's like you got to leave that flexible safety job behind and, and branch out. And for me, that tipping point was where I met you on this ASICS job. Oh, that's right. Where yeah. we did seven days straight in San Francisco for Gosh, ASICS. That was a dream, huh? Yeah. They, so our, like an agency will usually reach out to you and say like, uh, are you available for these dates for ASICS? Like, and they'll give you like a week or two window and it's usually a couple days in there that they'll book you. 
And so my agency reached out and they gave me this like nine day window and they're like, all right, you're booked for all nine days. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and they said what the day rate was. And I added it all up. And I was like, are you sure this is right? <laughs> yeah. And we checked into that the hotel. Nice. And they're like, okay, you're here for 10 nights. And I was like, I've never stayed anywhere for 10 nights. This is, <laughs> am I moving in here? Do I, is this a sublet? <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great shoot. And you know, we had a really good yeah. crew of models. Got along super well. And I was still kind of getting into the full-time scene. But I remember... The thing about you that was the most striking was like your stride. (laughs) You just nail the stride, which I'm hoping you can explain this a little bit. Like it's not normal running. Modeling running is not (laughs) normal running. It's not. And I don't really know how I picked it up. I think I just saw a lot of photos of people and then would run normal in shoots. And then I would, I always ask the photographers for feedback and, yeah. and look at what they're shooting. And I realized the way I run is not what the models and the ads look like. Yeah. And I realized it's kind of more of a, a stride. So if, right. you, if you run track and when you're warming up, you'll do strides and stuff. It's mm-hmm. more of that with a little bit more bounce if you want that full jump kind of stride look that yeah. you see everywhere. It's like that gazelle yeah. leaping. There's like a very, it's very lengthy, like you and... Lauren Collins like you see this like these like long I mean I'm still trying to figure it out like (laughs) I fell into modeling the same way you did kind of like I ended up on set for a sketcher shoot and then got signed with SLU as a runner and the secret is I hate running (laughs) I I have these like big chunky legs that like I'm a good hiker but running has just never been my strong suit and you can get feedback especially from shoe companies like we want a heel strike we want a midfoot strike but yes. that's different than like the modeling run. And I, I'm, I'm trying to get it out of you because I don't know how to do it quite yet. <laughs> but it's like this kind of more of like a leaping, like almost like you're on the moon, like you're weightless. Yeah. So some of the times whenever the photographer is static and they're just trying to shoot a specific background, like you have to have the right foot, the right. And it's almost like you're leaping into the frame yeah. kind of to get that shot. So you have to know which foot you're taking out off on and you have to get a little bit of stride into it. Do you it. count steps backwards? I do. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, I have some photographers that teach it really well. They'll be like, okay, start here. It's like long jump in track almost yeah or high because i i did long jump in uh high like jump triple and track, jump right? and like even triple jump. Yeah. yeah you kind of place it out which is strange and some companies don't want that some people want like very authentic running but yeah. like, you don't get the long stride it's more yeah more have realistic. you started to notice like foot placement more in ads like i'll see some totally. aggressive heel strike and i'm like nope yeah. no one runs like you're not supposed to run like that yeah <laughs> No, definitely see that. But that's something I don't want to be that person that they're called. They're like, oh, that's yeah. wrong. <laughs> but sometimes, I mean, they want heel strikes sometimes. I that's don't know. That's true. Yeah. I guess if it's like a very cushioned shoe, they want to showcase the padding. Yeah. It's always good to ask for feedback and ask what your client wants before you step in front of the camera. Yeah. And how was it for you stepping in front of the camera when you, you know, you did a little bit of test shoots, it sounds like, in Kansas mm-hmm. City and then came out here? What was the learning curve for you in terms of, I remember like when we were in San Francisco, I just, I saw you had like a really natural instinct for kind of looking down, looking up, freshening up your eyes and Mm -hmm. not doing a ton with your face, which are these little things that no one tells you. Like no one, they don't, your agents don't really tell you, just sort of learn by watching. So how was that experience for you? I think I just watched other models and, and picked up what they were doing. Um, for me, it felt really comfortable because 
I mean, I did play division one sports and sports my entire life. And once all of that stopped, I'm like, who am I? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so once I got into the sports model, I'm like, wow, this is so much fun. I can actually make money off of it. Like, what is this world? This mm -hmm. is so great. So it's really comfortable for me as far as doing athletic things and having somebody take pictures of me. The hard part was the moments in between. And yeah. that's still something that I'm trying to, because I'm always thinking. And whenever I first started, a lot of photographers would say, Kelsey, stop modeling, stop thinking, like mm -hmm. just be natural, do what you would do during a game or during a run. And so I just kind of put myself into yeah. athlete Kelsey mode yeah. and just operate, operated like that's what I was doing. But so do you find that you have like a graceful athlete face? Because a lot of times <laughs> I'll be doing some fitnessy thing. Like I had to do a shoot where I had to serve a tennis ball. And the photographer is like, your form's great. You look great. Like your face looks like a disaster. Because <laughs> like if you freeze frame on a professional tennis player serving, it's not going to look like they're not going to yeah. be composed and graceful. They're going to look like they're shitting their pants. Like, right. So what he told me, that photographer told me was your body is the athlete. Your face is the model. So sometimes you have to separate so the two and find a way to get into that really dynamic athletic position, but then keep your face. You can have intensity, but it has to be composed intensity. Yeah. And I found that pretty difficult. I actually got really good advice on this from Tim Tatter, who is yeah. a big sports photographer. He does amazing stuff. He does amazing stuff. He does intense stuff. And I'm like always sore after days on shoot yeah. with him. Um, but he kind of talked about the same thing about your body being more athletic and your face being modely. Yeah. That's a word. But he told me to kind of breathe in mm -hmm. when I'm doing it and it kind of relaxed my face whenever he's trying to get more of like a stoic, kind yeah. of not too intense look. I'm trying to think. I'm trying, trying to do it in my like, face right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's just yeah. something you kind of practice and then it. it I think that like either breathing in or breathing out because when you get that intense sort of like when they went like, oh, you just finished a run and like your, you know, your hands are on your knees, like that yeah. kind of like look, which I, I think I learned from Zach. This Steven. was specific for like we were in studio and we were doing track sprints. So it yeah. was like a very quick, exaggerated oh, so mid, stride. Mid it was action. mid something. Yeah. He was like, breathe in. Yeah. When you're doing that, which, when you normally would be breathing out. That makes sense. And it kind of relaxed my face. Because mm -hmm. that's the thing is like, do less with your face. Yeah. You know. So Don't I said my so sister <laughs> just got scouted by Wilhelmina and I called her because they're going to bring her in for digitals, which is usually just like against a white background, like front, three quarter side, back maybe just to see what you look like, what your form is. And I was like, don't try to model. Like she doesn't have any modeling experience besides Instagram, which is whatever. Um, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's I don't kind know. Of she's, modeling experience. she's kind of figuring it yeah, out, but absolutely. I was like, whatever you do, like don't try to model. If they give you some specific yeah. direction, follow that. But otherwise just show them your face. Like, yeah, that's kind of it. And that's one of the hardest things to realize about modeling is modeling is not modeling in a way. There's so much truth to it. Yeah. yeah. You need to know what your client wants and what they're looking for, but it's really just relaxing and kind of being natural. Yeah. It's hard to do. That's think, why I like the shoot. Think, but don't think. Think, but <laughs> well, I, I find something I learned in, I took like a theatrical class, which is just think the thoughts the character would be thinking in the moment. Yeah. So like if you 
or in a group of friends, like we did these running shots and it's like, oh, this group of friends is like a running crew and they just finished a workout and they're really stoked, but they're tired. Like just think those thoughts and like look at Kelsey and be like, wow, she like really pushed me today. I'm so glad I kept up with her. And like just thinking it, it'll be on your face mm-hmm. and it'll be on your face in a very minimal, almost like subliminal way, which is what they want because that's authentic because yeah. I mean, you're actually thinking the thoughts and it's kind of like a hack. You're sort of like, lying to yourself that you're in this moment that you're not in yeah. because there's 10 people around you and cameras and you're in shoes that don't fit how, did, how do you do with those shoes <laughs> so i have about size 10 foot yeah. and most sample size shoes are size seven, seven to size girls. eight if you're luckier so i tend to lose a lot of toenails <laughs> like <laughs> well let's not talk about toenails <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had a shoot in February and it was, I want to say four days and I was running with l- legit distance runners oh, in yeah. size eight shoes and I lost both. Uh, I think I lost three toenails and I'm just getting them back now. <laughs> I act- This is the funny part. So I had a, a shoot after that. I actually bought, this might be gross and TMI, oh, but I, <laughs> I actually bought fake toenails to stick on to. Wait, you have, they can make those? Yeah. Because I'm thinking about getting mine removed permanently. Oh, I can show Sally Hansen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes a do great fake toenail. Do they come in sizes? <laughs> I'm sure they do. I got like the French tip look. Yeah. <laughs> But I just wanted to be pre- <laughs> <laughs> But I just wanted to be prepared if I did have to show my feet in this shoot yeah. that was coming up. I didn't want them to be like, What is wrong with you? Yeah. I mean so, I have that issue all the time. My so my for people who don't know, <laughs> I'm very open about this. My two big toenails got injured oh, yeah. back in like my climbing days, just yeah. from wearing tiny climbing shoes and then they got infected. It's a fungus. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, it has since been treated. It's so gross. I actually had them medically removed twice, and I blogged about it with photos. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did laser therapy, and I took these like insane antifungal medication that Ew. for three months that I couldn't drink on. And uh, but yeah, the, I remember seeing is, your feet before on set. I'll They're, take my shoes off. Yeah, no, that's okay. No. I've, I think I've. But seen so them. the nail beds are so messed up that they they don't grow out. They just grow up like (laughs) rhino horns and so whenever like i'm doing a shoot on a beach i'm like just so you know like i don't have the prettiest feet (laughs) which has never been an issue but yeah i'm thinking about just getting them removed again and then they can apparently a lot of like ultra marathoners lose toenails a lot of times so they'll just have them removed and then they pour acid in the nail bed and (laughs) they never grow back so fake toenails might be my play what is and then they just leave them gone yeah, and you just have this like. Okay, hey, I'll send you the Sally toe. Hansen link. <laughs> I'm gonna be their best customer. I know you are. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so, uh. I mean, toenails. Losing toenails is one uh, hazard of the job. But I remember we did a shoot for Honda recently, where we were mountain biking and surfing, which mm-hmm. is basically just taking mountain bikes and surfboards <laughs> on and off of the car. We didn't. <laughs> And also we were wearing full <laughs> scuba suits and like marching to the beach. It was, uh, there was some funny photos. Yeah. But I saw you at the casting. You walked out and I was walking in and we both were joking about how like we didn't have legitimate mountain biking apparel. We were just wearing like whatever athletic clothes we had. Yeah. And you, and then we ended up booking it, which is funny because it was great to work with you again. But when you came out, you're like, I think I'm over this. Like, I think I'm done. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you about oh, getting into that. your <laughs> thoughts about like, you know, yeah, 
I think for for a lot of girls, it's more in the fashion world. You know, there's a shelf life, and you can transition into commercial and lifestyle, and go towards TV and acting if you want.、Mm-hmm. Or a lot of people start businesses or start other careers. And I'm curious what you're up to and what your thoughts are on the whole hustle. Because I've driven 20 hours this week, probably. Yeah. So like, I get it. It gets tiring. Yeah. You know. It's. It's a grind, yeah, and I think you have to you have to be a hundred percent in it、yeah. to do it. Oh yeah. And for a while, I I was, and I and don't get me wrong, I still love it, but I. So when I left my full time big girl job, yeah, I set aside some money, and I was like, I'm going to go off of this money and the money I make from modeling, and、mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do that as long as I can. That's a smart way to do it. So I'm like, once that runs out, or once I like am no longer feeling it, then I'll start transitioning to other stuff. And so I'm kind of getting to the point. Like, there's some people that really make it modeling, and I I know a lot of people that own multiple homes and that、yeah. have just killed it. But for me, it's it hasn't been this big money maker.、Mm-hmm. For me, it's been more of a transition thing. Like I left a career I didn't love, and it's it's given me time and a little bit of financial flexibility to. Really figure out like what am I passionate about in life besides sports? Yeah, and so you know I did the travel thing and yeah, I, I mean, you did are, the soul searching. And you like, may have been booked out more than the average yeah, pair, I think. Spent <laughs> <laughs> some time in Nepal and yeah,、um, yeah, and I kind of figured out that I, I wanted to go into renewable energy. Yeah, and so I've been what I've been doing on the side when I'm not modeling is a graduate program at USC that focuses on renewables, and so I'm kind of balancing that right now. I did an internship this summer and booked out and booked out of modeling and、mm-hmm. worked for a somebody who builds solar farms and wind farms and loved it. Yeah, so I'm kind of just yeah, teeter tottering between the two right now and. Because it's it's like you're transitioning. You had this flexible engineering job, which allowed you to get into modeling, and now you have this flexible modeling <laughs> job, which is allowing you to get into saving the world. Yeah, I my friends are like, you're never going to be able to have a real job again. Like you've been no way ruined. <laughs> oh, I'm so I haven't been in an office yeah for seven years, yeah. and I can't I can't fathom it. Yeah, I mean, there's times where I'm like maybe, and then it's like no, <laughs> no way. Yeah, and I I want to be. Honest with people out there who are like, oh, I want to move to LA and be a model and become rich and famous. Like, the best model, like, there are models who make a lot, a lot of money, and there are models who get really famous. But the best models I know, if you're making six figure, like low six figures, like you're killing it, killing it, you're killing it. Like you're gonna live in a nice apartment or maybe a nice house. You're gonna drive a decent car. You're gonna have time to take vacations, but like you're not making millions a year, no. most likely. Yeah, and that's if you're in the top eighty percent, ninety percent, and then maybe that next ten, five, one percent is, you know, buying homes. But like, don't expect that. Yeah, you know, be and if if you don't think you can make modeling work, if it's not that number, then don't model. Or have a side hustle or a side gig or some type of financial stability because、yeah. it's all over the place, and that's definitely been this way for me, which has just driven me a little bit crazy. And what I think is so cool about you and what I admire is you can do the modeling, but you're also like, hey, I'm gonna write a book. I'm、yeah. gonna do a podcast. I'm gonna <laughs> make art out of cereal. I got downtime. <laughs> like you are constantly like channeling your creative energy, and、yeah. for me. It drove me crazy the free time. Like, where's my next paycheck gonna come from?、Mm-hmm. You know, and so it takes a certain personality to be able to manage that. 
And it's really important to have some type of side job or some type of passion, stable hobby, something. Yeah. And something that's going to support you financially because sometimes it does take three months to get your check and sometimes yeah you don't have money coming in for a while and yeah and i'm lucky that you know i always you know i studied fine art i was very artistic kid and like that's always been my thing and kind of like you like i was able to have flexible jobs that allowed me to get into modeling and modeling's been great and i don't see it going by the wayside anytime soon but i also if i was able to transition into a more artistically focused career I wouldn't be opposed to that and I want to just keep making art and doing things which is similar to the way you've pursued graduate school and Mm. internships and where do you think you're headed with that how do I save the planet (laughs) Kelsey Hmm? comes to set with her own silverware she doesn't (laughs) use plastic cups she doesn't use plastic water bottles she makes me feel like shit but I, I was explaining before the podcast like you know my girlfriend has three kids I have my little bachelor pad like we go through paper towels. Like it's, you know, it's yeah. not great, but like you have to pick your battles. And I still want to learn more about how I can be conscious, especially right now, which is it's such a, a hot topic, I think, yeah. and an important one. So I'm curious what maybe like aspect of it you're most focused on and how you see your career developing. I'm really into the power side of it. Like yeah. I think the big solar farms that you drive by or like the big wind farms that you drive by, that's what I want to be involved in. And yeah. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. If you tell me, if you ask me what my five-year plan is, sure. I, I have no idea, but it's something I'm really passionate about. And energy makes up a, a huge percentage of our carbon emissions. It's like 80% or something. It's, I don't know if it's that high, but Maybe it's, not en- energy, but emissions is a big one. I know that. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a place where I feel like I can make a difference yeah. and I do have the engineering background, so I'm kind of a nerd and love to learn more about, like I spend my time listening to energy podcasts (laughs) (laughs) and I'm constantly researching stuff along with what I'm doing in school. It's just something like for the first time outside of athletics, I'm like this stuff is really cool and I'm passionate about it and this is what I want to spend my time doing. Yeah. So I'm casting a wide web right now of putting my resumes out to lots of different places, but want to be working on large scale renewable energy projects. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's important because there's been a lot of stuff that's come out in the media about how, you know, reducing red meat consumption may not be as important as some of the other changes you could make because agricultural emissions only contribute like 10, 20% to like our greenhouse gases. And then when you divide that down by industry to beef to, cattle you know whatever it's it gets very small it does and Um, you could waste your life away trying to research what can i do best to yeah i I mean i think people call it climate anxiety really yeah i think it's a coined term (laughs) like it it might be a real thing when it's huge in la like everyone's like you got to use these reusable wax like sandwich yeah. bags i'm like i don't know like where, like what should i be doing what's it's, what's where should i focus my it's, energy it's so hard yeah you know and it's exhausting like I, I once when i was going back to school i think i spent 30 minutes researching what type of pencil i should get <laughs> like and i'm just like okay this is a waste of time right but i think it's we under maybe we don't undervalue but just having a mindset of everything i use goes somewhere and how can i reduce that in any way shape and form without drastically changing your lifestyle to a point where it's too much or too stressful yeah i mean when you when people take minimalism and like 
you know, there's the people who are like, I didn't create trash for a year. And it's like, but at what cost? Like, yeah. What was your yeah. like, quality of life during that year? Yeah. And if that's something they really want to do and something they're passionate about, yeah. I mean, imagine all the people they probably inspired for to sure. use less, I don't know, st- I think straws is a silly example, but. Um, <sighs> paper straws. I don't, we don't <laughs> get along. Paper straws suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Actually, they don't suck. That's the problem. They get soggy and they, then they don't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm I'm more into what's realistic and yeah. what could you actually do without just completely having to change your life because on a mass scale we're not going to change. But I mean, when you talk about energy and renewables right. versus you know carbon-based energies, like that's seems like the real large-scale changes that yeah. will make a difference in the long term. Which is not to say that the small incremental changes you can make in your own life aren't important, mm-hmm. especially just in terms of awareness. Yeah, but changing over the power grid to something more mm-hmm. <laughs> sustainable seems like a good idea. Unfortunately, you're battling an infrastructure that is <laughs> so ingrained. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that's been helping renewables and the reason why it's taken off is it's gotten pretty cost competitive. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know if it'd be happening. Yeah. I mean, economics drives everything, which is a, a great point. If, if you want to buy products that you can compost and you want to buy products that are more plant-based, do that. It creates more of a market for it. Mm-hmm. That'll drive more change than than anything. It's like all where the money yeah. goes. Yeah, follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> Show me the money. Do you ever struggle with the wasted resources on set? Just like top down. It seems like sets are just these huge productions. It seems like that. Like yeah. when you have been on a shoot where it's just you and a photographer running around natural light, like mm-hmm. no permits versus a big brand and it's 50 people on set lights location trucks food plastic like it's sometimes it's like all this for like one photo yeah <laughs> you know? know but it's also like so fast and so quick moving that it's yeah. like someone needs water it's like water now do it go right and i don't know I, there are actually some production companies that really take this into consideration and I think it's changed a lot even over the past like five years I've been out here I've seen people taking more steps to to do it and I always bring my reusables and if if people want to talk to me and ask me about it it's great but I'm not one of those people that's like oh you shouldn't be using a plastic fork look at my bamboo one (laughs) you know if if they want to do it that's great but if not you know it's their yeah it's their choice just lead by example yeah yeah my buddy who just moved out here to be a DP and helped on this this uh, indie feature I did. He was a green consultant for movie sets back in Ooh, like New York and Boston. Cool. So he was on some big production. It was some movie everyone's heard of. I can't remember which one, but he basically just walked around set and tried to like help people implement change. <laughs> like if they have a plastic water ball, just slap it out of their yeah, hand. <laughs> but, but he was like 22, just out of college. And he's, he would like, he said he would like walk up like, hey, like maybe don't use two cups. I'm like, okay, guy. And then yeah. just like walk away. Like, yeah. So it's, you know, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. It's hard to watch that. And I know this is kind of counter of what I do as a model, but it's also even hard Fashion is Mm -hmm. a huge contributor of emissions and something I've tried to do is uh, talking with my agents, identifying companies that are more eco-friendly and Mm -hmm. use better materials and think about their footprint. And I've tried to get my agency to introduce me to some of those clients, which has been amazing because not only do I totally believe in their mission, but it's something like I am trying to do myself too. So 
Yeah, I mean, your platform is perfect for them because especially in this day where you can get booked on a job and then get an additional rate to post like behind the scenes stuff. Like they'll give you more money to post on your own Instagram. And if your Instagram aligns with the values of their company, you're a shoe in. So a company like Patagonia who encourages people not to buy a new jacket. They say like, send it back to us, we'll fix it. Buy a used one, retro's cool, you know, all that kind of stuff, which I super dig. Um, Have you ever read Yvonne Chouinard's book, Let My People Go Surfing? No, I haven't. It's great. So he he founded Patagonia, but before that he founded Black Diamond Climbing Equipment because he was, you know, in the forefront of climbing in Yosemite and they just had to make gear because it didn't exist. So they made Black Diamond and like welded pitons and shit out of old (laughs) ore that they stole. I don't know. So half of it's memoir and it's really interesting, especially for outdoorsy people like us. But the second half is how he's led Patagonia and what he calls like conscious capitalism, which you can make money and you can have shareholders and have profits, but you don't, it doesn't have to be this hungry, hungry hippos, like get all the food, get all the money. And like, I was just watching, I'm woefully underexposed, but the Greta Thunberg speech, I'm sure you've been following her mission. She's amazing. And you know, a lot of it seems like very like inflammatory at first glance, but there's truth to it. Yeah. I mean, so what? So she sailed around the world. What did she do? I don't know. <laughs> She's been traveling all over Europe by train. Yeah. Just uh, rallying students. And she came to the U.S. and did it by like a eco-friendly yacht, I think. It was basically a sail. It was a sailboat. Cool. I don't know how long it took her, but I think her principles are amazing. Like she yeah. definitely walks the walk talks the talk and walks the walk or she's however that walking. goes yeah. she's, she's, <laughs> she's very talented yeah. <laughs> um yeah so it, i think it's pretty cool to watch somebody from the next generation yeah inspire so many people um it always gets politicized of that's course. what happens which is unfortunate but yeah i think we all could try to do a little bit better it doesn't have to be political yeah i just um, love that she I mean, I guess she has Asperger's or some sort of, she's on the spectrum in some degree, but the, one of the articles I read was like, she can't be trolled on social media because she's like so dry and just like throws it right back at like President Trump, like sent some bullshit towards her and she was like, nope, it just shut him (laughs) down. This little 16 year old Swedish girl. Can you imagine that pressure she's under though? I don't, I mean, what was I doing at 16? I just got my license. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Oof. I was driving yeah. around my Nissan Xterra being a shit. Right. That's such a Midwest <laughs> yeah. Nissan Oh, and it was yellow. You were the cool kid in uh, school uh, then, huh? No. Wow. I drove a van. Ooh, that's cooler. <laughs> it wasn't at Not the time. Not then. Yeah, now. Yeah. Yep. It had the sliding doors. You press it. It goes, do, do, do. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No. My buddy has a, he's like all about Toyota Siennas which is like a real surfer mobile. Oh, yeah. Because you can get them in four-wheel drive, and they have the captain's seat, so you just like slide your surfboards down the middle, awesome. fill it with your buddies, and drive to Mexico. That's so awesome. Yeah. Would you be down for van life? Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. So I need to shower. Okay. If I had a way to... <laughs> I just like, like right to, now? I, no, not right now. <laughs> But I like to feel clean. Like I can, I can do overnight camping trips. But after like a few days, I'm like, all right. I'd oh, like you don't to, like? Yeah. After a <laughs> while, I'm just like, I don't know about this. Um, so it, 
if there's some way that I could. Well, haven't you seen when they use like the PV, the yeah. black PVC pipe on top yeah. where it heats up with the sun? Heck yeah. Yeah, there you go. I think I could totally do that, but I would have to also have a job or something where Wi-Fi where I was working remotely or something yeah. to balance the... Yeah, because so I talked to Lindsay Chen, who is a, the badass climber who's living van life yeah. with her husband, and she said that you know her husband like edits videos and they set up a table in their sprinter so he could edit there, but she said they never use the table. Like they always, if they need to do something like for a long period of time, they'll find a public library okay. and go and like set up, you know, a coffee shop and set up. Like you don't want to be working on this tiny little like airport table. Yeah, that makes sense. In a van. You probably want to get out of your van every now and then. And that's the thing of like, I've been very open about my van life aspirations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't you have a show or something? Yeah, I made a little uh, short yeah. film about it. And my thing is like, there's just a lot of hours in the day. Yes. So like, what do you Just where the do? job thing like, comes Yeah. Like, well, I think if you're a climber or something, like yeah. you spend so much time doing that. I'm not a climber. Yeah. Like I mean, she's I'll like, well, we spent a month a at Red Rocks. I'm like, you climb for a month straight? Like that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it's harder than it looks. Yeah. it's And that's part of what I'd want. If I push my van life, whatever it is, mini series further, it's like, it's a very romantic idea mm-hmm. to sell everything and move, like live in this van and travel around. But you know, either you have to be very Type A, everything's organized, everything's yes. like down. To, like I know exactly where I'm going to be on this hour on this day and like this many miles per day. Or you just need to be like, we'll just see where the wind takes me, man. Like you know, <laughs> oh, gosh. or yeah. maybe somewhere in the middle. I'm not sure who's best suited for it, and that's yeah. I'd like to find out. But I don't know if it's going to be me that does it. But you definitely have like the wanderlust in you. Yeah. You're definitely a little bit of a travel bug. Yeah. My ex-boyfriend had a van. Yeah. That was super fun. But your new boyfriend has a jet. My so. new my new boyfriend has a jet. He also <laughs> lives in a truck camper. <laughs> Not like a G5 jet. Like he flies jets for the Navy, which yeah. is even cooler yeah. than owning like, a jet. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. He does jet stuff. <laughs> so yeah. that's fun. But he lives in a camper. Um, he lives in a truck camper. It's so cool. apparently I date guys who live in motor Bands vehicles. Down by the river. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize the connection. <laughs> well, didn't you convince him to move into the van? I did convince him to move into the van. <laughs> well, like, he you know it would be sexy if you <laughs> sold your apartment and yeah, that's into exact, a Yeah, that's actually exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, but it's awesome. And it totally works for him because he travels yeah. so much. So he was paying rent for... Yeah. an apartment he was never in yeah like live in a van do it Hash- <laughs> I, hashtag van life i do i always try to convince other people because i'm like tell me how it's like exactly <laughs> like, you go first. yes I'm right behind you i'm like the parent that never played sports that like then <laughs> gets super into it coaches yes. <laughs> so i'm a van consultant yeah how do yeah. you get your sports fixed now because it was such a big part of your life and i find yeah. this with you know athletes who didn't go pro they sort of have this like void sometimes and sports modeling can fill it to some extent but i kind of get it through sports modeling yeah i also have some friends that are like super intense athletes that'll take me through workouts sometimes so i have two friends um kelly and lauren who are just amazing yeah the collins sisters and i'll do track workouts with them or stairs work workouts with kelly mostly that kind of it's fun and competitive. Yeah. I, I still play beach volleyball a little bit. Um, sports modeling does a lot for me. Yeah. Um, I've actually been watching NFL this season. 
And that's a workout for you? No, it's not a workout, <laughs> but it I don't know. This is the first time I've ever really watched sports because we have a great new quarterback, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. So other than that, I can't watch sports because it just makes me sad. Really? Yeah. Because you want to be playing. Because I want to be playing. Yeah. I think it's one of those things I just don't talk about and like, I'm fine. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I mean. But other things like I'll go skiing and yeah. I'll go backpacking and I've just found other things to kind of channel that. That's, I mean, one of the nice energy. things about modeling and especially fitness modeling is you got to be in shape. Yeah. So like you got to, like I did this shoot in Carlsbad and then I think you had a casting or something. So I had a couple hours to kill. So I went to the gym in Carlsbad yeah. and just like got it in. And not only is it like a great natural antidepressant, but I just feel like I'm working and, you know, making sure that I'm maintaining yeah. whatever Absolutely. I need to maintain. Yeah. I mean, my abs aren't going to look like yours, but <laughs> um, a boy can dream. I think you're fine in the ab department. <laughs> well, before the podcast, we were talking <laughs> about our mutual friend, Steph Cordial, who also did the podcast. and Amazing abs. <laughs> also amazing abs. But <laughs> so she, Steph's boyfriend, she's talking about how like she doesn't, she doesn't want to date a super fit guy. She likes to yeah. like a cuddly guy. <laughs> and uh, Kelsey agreed and then said, I don't think I've ever dated a guy who had better abs than me. <laughs> I sound like such a jerk. I didn't mean it. <laughs> That's like such a bro thing to say. Like, dude, I've never dated a girl with better abs than me. <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah. But I think I, I get that. Yeah. I just, I personally don't find it attractive when people are really obsessed with their bodies and like counting their macros. And that's always some, like, yeah. <laughs> that's always what guys end up talking to me about. So do well, you, you do have you better abs than all of do them? Do you intermittent fast? <laughs> I'm like, okay. What do you do? I even though just, you don't want to talk about it. I don't really want to talk about it. Are you just but blessed? You can leave it at that. I think I have really good genes. Yeah. I, I have a photo of me whenever I'm a kid that I show that's kind of annoying because I was very lean, very muscular. Yeah. But I've always played sports, so I've always had that foundation. And then yeah. I don't go three days without working out. I eat pretty healthy. Because mm -hmm. a lot of athletes lose it when they're not working out two hours a day, five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> like I had a buddy who came back for his 10-year college reunion. He's like... I don't know. I've put on like 40 pounds. I don't get it. I, I worked out six days a week, 10 years ago. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, you used to play rugby and now you're a banker. Like you're going to get fat. <laughs> um, yeah, it happens. I think I have good genes. So that yeah. definitely helps. That's fine. I mean, yeah, I'm not the same. <laughs> I was a skinny, fat, chubby little Ooh, teenager, yeah. Yeah. but got and over it. Now you're doing sports modeling. Yeah. There you go. My, my issue was like, I just have, like I said, these big, honey ham legs that I had <laughs> yeah. to like put on upper body mass to make myself look proportional yeah because I was always well, that's good because normally that's the other way you see these guys with these huge upper bodies and no like I'm pear-shaped I'm like a Kardashian <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> which is great because like my fat just goes to my butt and my abs show there you go faster but yeah. it's like what a, I don't know <laughs> what's it I need to do one of those 23 of me's to figure out what's going on yeah <laughs> you're really interested why am I so thick <laughs> where does that come from that was something for me is in in this industry you always get lots of opinions about your body and sure for me I think I've been lucky that my agency hasn't really bothered me too much about what I look like yeah but I mean, sometimes it's like you're too muscular right now or, oh, you're kind of playing too skinny right now or there's always something. Yeah. And for me, 
if it ever got up to a point where I wasn't booking a bunch based off of just me and who I am, then it's like time to move on. Yeah. Like I don't want to change who I am or put pressure on myself. If, if it's not booking, it's not booking. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty firmly in the sports category, yeah. I'd say. I'm in this weird world where I can do fitness. I can do average guy, you know, yes. buying a car. I can, I've been doing a lot of fit modeling lately. Um, I've oh, done like great. runway stuff. So I'm, I have like a very big Venn diagram yeah. and sometimes I feel pulled in a lot of directions. It's like, you know, for fitness, they want abs, but for regular guy, don't be too cut cause you're not relatable. And right. then for fit modeling, it's like, you never know what size they want. So like this company says your arms are too big and this company wants a 34 waist. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I've, overwhelming all yeah. the different people you're supposed to be or you think you're supposed to be to right. get booked if you can just be you you're more attractive because you're a real person it's as a so person as opposed to someone who's trying to play it safe it's so cliche but it's so yeah. true i'm be, struggling be right yourself. now because i want to get another tattoo do it i'm like should i do it right I've what do gotten, you want to get so i don't know i've oh. gotten the tattoo <laughs> I have ideas I, I hear it's like once you get one you oh. have to keep on oh once it's in going. your skin it's like addiction wow so I've gotten one every election year by accident for the last three <laughs> election years. I've realized. What was when Trump won? <laughs> was it? <laughs> it said, here be dragons on my arm. <laughs> so that's somehow appropriate. Uh-huh. Wait, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And then I got four years before that and four years before that. So 2020, Yeah. I got to get something. You better start putting your plans together. I'm just trying to think of like placement because you don't want like... A face tat like that's not great yeah they can cover stuff up but sometimes it's you know you get castings that are like no tattoos then you get castings that are like we want all the tattoos yeah so yeah you just got to be you be you yeah. trends are gonna favor you and then not favor you and right. some people are really l- lucky and the trends always favor them yeah you and i have commiserated over the fact that we're super white <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is yeah <laughs> um so on that note what advice would you have for anyone (laughs) I don't know I always tell people get a photographer yeah do your first round of shots start to build your book Mm -hmm. have a side gig before you just jump full into modeling and that's what worked for me and sometimes people get really lucky and they like kill it and they jump into it but that just wasn't thing for me so I would say have other things besides modeling and if it takes off that's amazing and ride ride the wave and save your money (laughs) yeah save your money yeah but yeah, I would say do it. And Instagram's such an interesting thing now too. So I would say it's important to have an Instagram presence Yeah. currently with modeling. You're not very active on there recently, are you? I go through. You, I, <laughs> I noticed like we- your phases because you're like every day, every day, every day, goodbye. <laughs> and you've built a, yes. a really sizable following for better or worse, I guess. Yeah. How the cool you- thing about modeling is you are anonymous. Yeah. But... Instagram is so much more personal and sometimes I can deal with it. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to share that much of my life. And I'm like, Oh, I'll share everything. I it's yeah. I go back and forth on it. I mean, you have a pretty balanced, you know, when you look at your page, it's pretty balanced in terms of this is your life. When I see the girl who's like bikini shot every day in a new setting in a new, I'm just like, you just want likes. Like you just want validation. Or maybe like that's what you're going for. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to know because it's like, well, if I have more likes and more followers, will I get more jobs from it? Because yeah. it, it, I feel like you're getting asked all the time, 
what's your Instagram handle when you go into a casting or you're getting submitted for a job. And yeah, it's a hard thing to manage. But the creative director on the Moose Jaw shoot I was just on said that when they receive our profile, the first stat is our Instagram following. Wow. Before height, before photos, before anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. So... one of the reasons why I actually got that ASICS job mm-hmm. with you is they were deciding between a few different blonde fitness people, but the casting director for it was scrolling through my Instagram and actually saw a photo of me and my dog just jumping over a log together running. Yeah. And they're like, I want that girl because of that photo, which is fun, yeah. which really didn't have much to do with performance athletics. Mm-hmm. But that's what got me the job was that photo of jumping with my dog. Because you were a real person. Because I was a real person. So it, yeah. So advice would be. Be a real person. Be a real person. Be yourself. Yeah. Um, don't be too hard on yourself. Trends are going to be in your favor and then not in your favor. And have something financially planned out just to support yourself. I mean, that's great advice. There's a, a book called Talent is Overrated by... Cal Newport, I want to say, but it's all about how these people make really drastic jumps in life. They're like, I'll quit my job and become a yoga teacher. That's kind of me. Well, (laughs) but you've done it the smart way where you like built up a safety net, got experience, then transitioned where people, people like, I'm just going to move to LA and become a model. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Take it slow. Like make sure the transition is safe. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. And then the other thing you said about like, be yourself. Joe Carden and I had a pretty intense podcast last week about fighting creative resistance and figuring oh, out who man. you are and war of art. Exactly. <laughs> or was, art of war. I don't we know. We were talking about the war of yeah. art. Yeah. Okay. So you know it. Yeah. And it seems like you've kind of, you know, you identified athletics and then modeling and now energy and mm-hmm. sustainability. What have you followed or how have you found those things? Because I think a lot of people are struggling with what's their thing. <sighs> I just, this is going to sound very heavy, but I've just followed my inspiration. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just kind of took that time off. And like, if I, I was drawn to something and drawn for it to a while, I'm like, went, okay, I'll explore this yeah. and, and tried to fight through the sometimes, I mean, like work is always hard and trying to fight through that and just, I don't know, just seeing kind of where I, yeah, landed. it's one of those things where it's like, what do you find yourself doing for no reason? Or yeah. like, what do you, what when are the times when like time disappears where you can just do something and even if it's difficult or challenging or like listening to energy podcasts or researching yeah. <laughs> like what do you do for no reason and it just sort of right. melts away and like what keeps you up at night what yeah. you're passionate about that kind of stuff it's it's hard whenever you don't know because i went through that for a while after sports so i was like who am i yeah <laughs> like nothing was keeping my interest and i it think was travel's like, important for that and just yeah. new experiences yeah and that was kind of honestly i think traveling a bit helped me a little bit on the eco side of things yeah. like i actually really care about this like this world is amazing nature is so cool it's kind of in jeopardy right now like how what can i do to help which is a great call in right now because the green green world is booming. So if you care about the environment, there's starting to be a lot of jobs around that. So yeah. it's kind of an easy one to. You know, you're taking the easy road. I'm taking the easy road is basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically it. Um, well, I wish you all the best on your easy road. Thank you. I don't think you're taking easy road at all. I think you're, you're fighting the good fight, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was supposed to volunteer at the farm today because yeah. there's this really cool farm um, 
they've got 20 acres and they do a lot of community stuff and I've joined their food preservation team. Like making jams and jellies? Making jams and jellies. (laughs) Well, because there's so much (laughs) leftover food at farms and it's like, okay, we can't sell all of this. So what are we going to do? So I've been making strawberry jam once a week. (laughs) 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 We... Uh, crushed a bunch of tomatoes to make tomato sauce and with your feet no but that would have been cool no it was this really cool industrial machine that they got from Italy you just throw a bunch of tomatoes on it and it spits out all this sauce and they're gonna like do Bloody Mary mix and cool um, ketchup and all sorts of stuff but you're gonna be a homesteader before we know it you're gonna be like gosh I'm gonna making your own <laughs> I'm gonna be giving eggs to all my friends soap. oh all the yeah chickens. I want chickens for sure I heard they're quite expensive to keep up with so it's like not worth it for the eggs? I mean, it's a labor of love. I've heard their eggs are very small too. <laughs> I want those triple A jumbo eggs. Yeah, Midwest eggs. Wait, can I get some of this jam? These jams and jellies? Yeah, I got a little bit of it. <laughs> All right, well. Sorry, off topic. Let's go get some food, maybe um, some jam. Yeah, yeah. But thank you again for doing this. Yeah. I really appreciate awesome. it. And um, we'll see you out there. Yeah, thanks for having me. I never thought I was a good enough model to get to be on your podcast. You were like the first person I thought of. I know, it's nice of you. Because um, as the photos show, Kelsey is always at least one step ahead of me. (laughs) I am ever ever the out of focus guy behind Kelsey for good reason. She's a much better model than me. That's what you want to be though. (laughs) Oh, I love it. No pressure on me. Yeah, (laughs) consistent work there. All right, well, thanks Um, again. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming by. All right, bye kids. Bye.